Welcome to Grace Harvest Church's weekly podcast. For more information about Grace Harvest Church or to find out more about something you hear during the podcast, visit us online at graceharvestchurch.org. Now listen in and allow God to speak to you through this week's message. Amen. Well, to start us off, uh, let's toss up that verse out of 1 John. It's going to be kind of a passage that we're going to start at. 1 John 1, 1 through 4. If you want to follow along, it'll be up on the screens. And we're going to first read out of the English Standard Version, ESV. So it says this, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands, concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest. And we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. When you're looking through a passage and you're reading through it and you want to better understand it, 101 of kind of like Bible study is reading multiple translations of the same passage. So if you have a hard time even like being like, what did that say? And don't worry, I'm like there with you. I was very, very bad at school. Um, There is something sometimes I don't process things. And so if you're reading on your own time, you're like, man, I don't get that. Go to Bible Gateway. Look at another translation, and you'll begin to understand the depth of it and kind of get a better grasp on it. So I'm going to do that today. We're going to read another translation, same chapter, same verse, 1 John again, but it's the message translation. The message is really, really modern times. It's really good um, just to even reinforce the scriptural text. And it says this, from the very first day, we were there. Taking it all in, we heard it with our own ears, saw it with our own eyes, verified it with our own hands. The word of life appeared right before our eyes. We saw it happen. And now we're telling you in most somber prose that we're witnessed, witness was incredibly, incredibly this. The infinite life of God himself took shape before us. We saw it. We heard it. And now we're telling you so that you can experience along with us this experience of communion with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. Our motive for writing is simply this. We want you to enjoy this too. Our joy will double our joy. Now once more, NLT, New Living Translation, we proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen, we saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. This one who is life itself was revealed to us and we have seen him. And now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the father and then he was revealed to us. We proclaim to you What we have ourselves have actually seen and heard, 
so that you have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. Today's message is called The Father's Hearts. We're going to talk about the Father hearts of God. And just to be maybe upfront with you, my, my hope and my goal is that I would unpack the importance of understanding the Father heart of God. Unpacking the importance of the Father heart of God. In multiple things, in Scripture, being able to see it in Scripture, but also being able to see the Father heart of God in life. The Father's heart is this narrative we see throughout the entirety of Scripture. If you look at a really like the Bible at 10,000 feet type of look, you'll see common threads through the entirety of it. The Father's heart is one of them. We are kind of like smack dab in this middle of the series of, as a church called Vistas. Pastor Doug has been taking us through week after week and looking at a really broad brush stroke of the Bible. It's really, really awesome, and he's done a really great job, and he's kind of out of Genesis at this point. And I thought it would be great because we kind of have that still on our mind, this Genesis narrative, and I want to go back to a particular point and kind of refresh you on it. So we're going to kind of just go back to Genesis real quick. Genesis is the narrative of creation. So you see God speaking, speaking light into existence, the earth into existence, animals in existence, man into existence, from man, woman, the garden, and some instructions. The instructions to man and woman was to tend to the garden and be fruitful. So those are the two kind of instructions that God gave to people. The other one was don't touch or eat of that tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Don't do this one thing and you'll be fine. All of us is familiar to, I think, many of us. So, we see that the snake, Satan, tempt Eve to eat of the fruit. She commits a sin and introduces sin into the garden. Gives it to Adam. He eats of it and sin is now introduced into humanity. Why is this so important? My belief is that your understanding and grip of the Genesis narrative and the Genesis story should inform the rest of your Bible reading. Because if we look at it, it was the way it was supposed to be. Garden, man, and God. So I want to go through this verse, Genesis 3, 8. This is the verse where after they have eaten and they have sinned, and every time you do the wrong thing, what do you always do? You hide. <laughs> you always hide. You see kids do it all the time. They break something, they hide. Us, we do something wrong, we don't show up to church. Whoa, getting real. <laughs> That's what happens. So we see Adam and Eve are just like you. They do something wrong, and the first thing they do is hide. So it says this, And they heard the sound of the Lord, God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Pastor Doug hit on this a few weeks back about this meeting in the cool of the day. This seemed to be 
a standing appointment between God and his kids. God and Adam and Eve. So there's kind of two schools of thought on it. There's one where God would meet them in the morning, in the afternoon, or both. So the thing that God had set up in the garden was be fruitful, multiply, work the garden, don't eat that tree, and spend time with me in the cool of the day. It seemed to be this daily staining appointment. So we see that God came down at his daily appointment, and they were hiding because sin had separated them. This meeting is the pattern we see in Genesis. And now, I want to ask you a question. So Genesis' pattern is set. We see the the original narrative, or how I like to say, how it was supposed to be. When kids get older, what do parents want most from them? Time. They want your time. They want your relationship with them. Many parents can just be like, oh, yeah, like, the gift's cool. Can you come hang out with me for a few hours? Because you begin to realize that that is the most important thing as a father, as a mother. You understand that your kid's time is so important. So we see God make this daily thing, this daily connection with his people. God the Father comes out in the cool of the day and meets with his kid. The way it was supposed to be. Sin corrupted, broke relationship between God and the Father. Now, I like to call this kind of we're in the in-between. Jesus came to restore the connection between the Father and the kids. Jesus is the bridge Jesus is the in-between. Jesus is our intercessor. He is the thing that brings connection for you back to the Father. Happy Father's Day. Wow. If you're a father, can you stand up? Come on, stand up if you're able. Stand up, fathers. Fathers, stand up. Put your hands together for all our dads. Wow. Good-looking group. You can be seated. Let's make sure to honor our fathers today, uh, even if they don't want it or act like they don't want it. (laughs) I don't want nothing, you know. (laughs) Uh, My wife kept asking me, and I was like, I don't know. I want a nap (laughs) and a steak. (laughs) I I see a lot of guys doing this. (laughs) I feel feel you, man. (laughs) As a young father, really, really just ignorant to many, many things, um, I've kind of witnessed something in my own life, but in also other lives of fathers that I try to emulate. And the role of the father is like provider, protector, counselor, and there's many things that are kind of wrapped up into it. But I would say there is a primary thing within that that kind of encompasses or encapsulates it all. The primary role and the most important aspect of being a dad is becoming a reflection of the Heavenly Father. The most important role as a dad is becoming the reflection of the Heavenly Father. Meaning this, when your kids would look at you, they would see you, but they would see Jesus in you. They would see God's nature in you. They would see the Father's heart in you. Your personal relationship with Jesus 
as a father, as a mother, as a person, is so vastly important for your children. A lot of times we think, oh, it's my relationship over here, but it's not going to affect these things over here. No, 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 no. Don't fool yourself. Don't kid yourself. Your relationship bleeds into everything else. We like to think we're compartmentalized. You're not. You're like a big old soda bottle dish shaking up. Everything affects the next thing. So your personal relationship, your time knowing the father is so important so that your kids can know the father too. So perspectives. I want to talk about a little bit about perspectives in your perspective of the heavenly father. As a father, your goal should to be reflect the father and the father's heart and God's attributes and also to keep your kids' perspectives clear of who God is. Giving your kids a proper glimpse of their relationship with God. Israel, my son, knows me. I am his father. But my hope is I would properly give him a clear perspective of what God the Father is and who he is. As a dad, you set the perspective of a father. We learn from fathers in many, many ways, both positive and negative. We learn what a father is from just being raised by a dad. So we can learn positive things. We can learn things like, wow, my dad is really, really gracious. Like, I don't know if I've ever saw him get mad. That was crazy. Man, my dad is so patient. Wow, my dad can literally fix anything. <laughs> you learn these things. Maybe you learn the opposite. You learn, you have a perspective of a father that's maybe the negative side. Maybe you have a perspective that, man, my dad gets so angry all the time. I try to steer, steer kind of just steer clear and come in late, leave early. Maybe your relationship with your dad is absent. I don't know him. And when you think of a father, you think of absence. Maybe your father said some really, really hurtful and woundful things to you as a child. And you still remember to this day, in your perspective of a father, are those things he said to you. Maybe your dad was very vengeful and very hurtful. Your perspective of a father is like that. And every time a perspective is once clear, when a father begins to speak to his children, he begins to damage the perspective of the father. He begins to hurt it, to wound it, to change it, so that when they begin to look at life, the perspective that was once clear is now unclear. Every time you're preparing for a sermon, preachers know this, pastors know this, it's the worst because what you're preaching on usually happens to you that week. Straight up. Anyone that preaches on the reg, that's usually what happens to you. You got a topic, you're digging into it, you're like, yeah, this is awesome. And then the thing that you're supposed to be preaching is happening to you. It's the worst. It's the worst. Every time I almost actually prepare for it, I'm like, when is it going to happen? You know, <laughs> be careful with your topics. 
I love waking up with my son Israel every morning. Um, it's, it's not very difficult for me because I like the mornings and he's so jazzed about life. Like he wakes up happy. He's not a grumpy kid in the morning. And every morning he wakes up saying, he goes, literally, I have no alarm clock. He just goes, daddy, wake up. <laughs> and he yells that from the other room over and over and over again until I wake up. I don't do alarms. I got him at 630, you know. So every morning, it, 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 it makes me chuckle in my bed because it just sounds so crazy. He's not crying. He's just yelling at me, you know. I go in. I get him ready. And I uh, put on How to Train Your Dragon 3. Check it out. It's a good film. <laughs> Seen it about 27 times. <laughs> got him his snack. And then put him in the other room. And then we have um, another larger room with a large window in it. Lots of saliva on it it's really disgusting got my coffee and i like to open the curtains and like drink coffee and just stare out the window uh, the older i get the more time like that i need where it's kind of like your zen moment you know and i'm drinking my coffee and i t and i take one sip of coffee and it's 7 30 in the morning one sip of just ripping hot coffee i like really hot coffee set it down and i'm like <sighs> jesus is real it's all good. And I'm just looking out the window. Just in my own world. I go to take another sip of coffee. This has happened this week. Midweek, midwork work week. Take a second sip, and Israel throws a pillow at me as I'm drinking my coffee. And it spills hot coffee down my chest on the couch at 7:30 in the morning. Triggered. <laughs> and I did one of these though I was so angry and I was just like Israel like gritting my teeth go watch your show <laughs> and I saw this look in his eyes that I actually haven't seen very often he was very scared of me and he went to the other room and immediately I felt the Lord just be like that was the wrong thing Noah it's just coffee it's just one morning, but how your son looked at you, something of his perspective of what a father was supposed to be was marked. All of a sudden, he knew, oh, dad gets mad. Dad's angry. I cleaned up the coffee and just feeling so convicted, cleaned it up, sat back in the same spot, had Israel come back in. He's like, yeah, you know, <laughs> sit him right on my lap, you know, and have him look at me in the eyes, look at daddy's eyes, you know, <laughs> and I'm just like, Israel, I'm so sorry. That was the wrong thing. That was bad that I got angry. I shouldn't have yelled at you. I didn't really yell. I kind of growled at him. <laughs> And I said sorry to him. And when you do something like that, the Holy Spirit gets in the midst of it. And he begins to clean the perspective that was once wounded. And once skewed and once off. And what was damaged is now getting repaired by the Holy Spirit. And now Israel's perspective of a father is like, 
Yeah, he got angry, but he knew it was wrong. Fathers are not supposed to get angry like that. Since we're fallen people, since we're people, all of us have found ourselves having to clean the perspective of our children and of people time and time again. To apologize by the conviction of the Holy Spirit to be like, you know what, I did the wrong thing. Let me fix this perspective. Why is this important? Hmm. Why is this important? If you have a perspective that is damaged or that is off or that is broken, and there hasn't been any healing or any clarity brought back to it, your perspective is off. And when your perspective is off, and when it's skewed, everything is off, and everything is skewed. Your perspective of life, of people, of fathers, is all off. Your perspective of how you read your Bible is off. You'll read into the Bible through your perspective. You'll read to the Bible. You won't let the Bible read to you. Maybe your problem was or what was wounded against you in your perspective is that your dad was always absent. He was never there. And you read your scriptures and you get frustrated because all your relationship with the Father God is an absent God. And even though the scriptures would say, I am with you 1,000 times, it doesn't matter because your perspective is off. Your perspective is cloudy. Father wounds distort perspective. Distort, distorted perspective, you don't see anything clearly. Life, scripture, relationships are all off. I believe that in a moment, because of God's gracious love for you, that he does not give up on you, that even today, in one instant, why not here, why not now, that the Lord can begin to clear some perspectives, deep problems. We like the, you know, we, when I say, the, when I say the, the term daddy issues, we all know all too well what that means. And my guess would be, because I work with people all the time, there's many people in this room with deep daddy issues. And I believe that the Lord is after that. I think he can clear your perspective. I think he can undo the damage. I think he can convict you to make something right that was wrong. I think healing can happen. I think you don't have to live with a damaged perspective. I think you can have a clear perspective. I believe it. I've seen it. Hmm. Your relationship with God, God the Father, and keeping the perspective clear is so, so, so important. Wow. The Lord loves you so much. I find myself doing this really, really annoying thing over and over again as a Christian. I find myself 
all the time, when I open up talking with God, always my, my first words a lot of times are, Lord, forgive me <laughs> for my sins of what I knew that I did and the things I didn't even know I did. Anyone there? Like that's your opener line to God. That's all good and well. Jesus said something very, very different. different, And he told you how to pray, and it's different than that thing. Don't worry, I do it all the time too, and I have to catch myself. Let's go to Matthew 6. I love this. Matthew 6. All you church people know this. All you Christians that have been a Christian, walked with the Lord for a long time. Matthew 6, the Lord's Prayer. Let's, uh, let's read Starting at verse 7, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not, do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this, our Father. That's the opener. Why is that so important? Why is it so important? Because you're establishing your position with God the Father. You're not establishing a position with your problems. It's so, so important. Your position as a son and as a daughter of God comes first before anything else. You are a child of God. You are his son. You are his daughter. You're not a problem. You're not an issue. You're not broken. You're a son. So the opener, instead of being like, Lord, like, forgive me of everything. Oh, Father, Dad, Abba. <laughs> now we think, oh, yeah, let's, now the next line surely has to get to my sin and my problems because we're all about ourselves. <laughs> Even in our dealing with our problems, we love our problems because we're just into ourselves. And same thing. We've always been into ourselves. Surely the next line has to be dealing with my sin. Oh, look at that. It's not. Our Father in heaven, hallowed, holy be your name. Your kingdom come, not my kingdom. Your will be done, not my will. On earth as it is in heaven. Let's talk about my problems yet. No, no, no. You can't even get there yet. Give us this day our daily bread. Lord, you give me everything. Every ounce of everything. Now I've positioned myself. I'm a son. I'm about your kingdom. I'm about your will. I'm about the father in his business. The father provides everything. And now, Lord, I'm sorry for doing that really dumb thing. Important. Remember your order. Lord, I'm sorry for hurting and wounding people. Lord, forgive me, and also let me forgive those who've sinned against me. Ooh, talk about daddy issues, that's the one. Can you forgive your father? Maybe he's dead. Can you forgive him? Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hmm. You want to know the story of God and humanity? Throughout the entirety of scriptures and even now. The story is this. God 
restoring relationship with his kids. Boom, bada, boom. <laughs> God restoring relationship with his kids. That's it. Everything else is just the in-between. Jesus, grace, redemption, everything is to connect you back with the Father. To make it the way it was supposed to be. The way it was supposed to be, you're supposed to work hard, (laughs) be fruitful, and spend time with the Father in the cool of the day. It's beautiful. It's amazing. Connection with the Father. I know in this room we are at various stages in our relationship with Father God. Some of us are in the house. We're at peace. We're cool with God. Some of us are out doing our own thing, rebelling. Some of us are maybe even on the road. Maybe out or in. Who knows? But I know that in all of those stages, the Father's heart for you doesn't change. The Father's heart chases you down. In such grace and such mercy. Because you know why? You're his kid. You're worth it. You're deeply, deeply worth it. You are everything to him. Everything. The story is about you. You are his kids. And all the only thing he wants to reestablish relationship with you. Thank God for Jesus. When you begin to spend time with God, the more you spend time with him, the more you look like him. It's just, it's just how it is. The more you spend time with him, the more you look like him. I've been in Moses Lake for a long time, and my family's been in Moses Lake for a while. And I will go around town, still to this day, and people will be looking at me and being like, what's your last name? You look like your parents, or you look like your grandparents. You look like the father. Now, the question for your own heart is, do you look like the father? The more time you spend with Father God, the more time you look like him. The more time you look like him, and the more time you spend with him, something begins to happen. In scripture, it's called, it's transmission. Transmission of this. You begin to have the values and the characteristics of God. People would look at you and be like, I knew that old self, but this new person that's connected with the Father, there's something different about you. Why do you have so much love for people and joy and peace? What is that? You know what it is? You look like the Father. You look like the Father. I think that even today, I knew I would kind of hit some buttons on daddy issues and about perspectives of father. But I feel like it's a thing that the Lord is after even in this room because he wants to correct your view and perspective of a father. You have a broken and a skewed perspective of father God And you have extrapolated how he looks on him, but it's not him, it's not his nature or his character. If it's absent, oh man, he's so close to you. 
If it's judgmental, man, he is so loving for you. If it's vengeful, man, his grace is for you. And I feel like now, here and now, the Lord is beginning a work of cleaning perspective, healing deep wounds, and giving you the right perspective of the Father. Rachel, you want to jump up here? Maybe, maybe forgiveness of your earthly father needs to flow here and now. Maybe he passed on and he's wounded you deeply and you've lived your whole life with a damaged perspective. You read your scripture, damaged. You have other relationship with people, damaged. You begin to move about your life, damaged. Because you know and you feel the deep father wounds within you. And you're like, man, I wish I could make it right. Jesus can make that right. It always starts with him and comes back to him. The Lord can undo years of damage in an instant or for a process. I've seen both. And even the deep things he can work out through you. It's easy to come into church and be like, Lord, like, I love you. I'm going to read my Bible for 20 minutes, set my timer on my iPhone and, and move out. It's very, very difficult to allow the Lord to reach into the deepest parts of who you are and deal with the real issues of the deepest father wounds that you've ever felt. But where he wants to take you, where you are going in your life, you need a clean perspective of the father. You need Jesus to reset your perspective, to heal those wounds. Maybe you need the Lord to teach you what a father is because you never had one. He'll teach you. Maybe you had an amazing dad. Hallelujah. Maybe you had a dad that so illustrated and so reflected the character and nature of God. Wow. That's beautiful. Maybe you yourself are a bad father and you're full of just like a ton of regret. Even now you're like, ugh, I hate this message. It is never too late to make things right. Never. That's the story of grace and redemption. It is never too late to make things right. So if you feel as a father, you're like, oh, I failed and I never, never took time to clean the perspective, to heal the wound, to be a part of the process, man, do that now. Do that today. How beautiful on Father's Day, if you have a broken relationship with your kid, how beautiful if you reach out to him today. What if, what if they want that more than anything? Everyone, every one of us wants connection with the Father. It was at the beginning. It's now. We always want connection. I believe that the Lord can do all of this and more. Whatever the Lord has highlighted, whatever the Lord has pinpointed in your heart through the Holy Spirit, that you're like, ah, oh, I feel conviction, or I feel like I need a change, or I feel like I need a perspective. I believe that the Lord can do that here and now. Through an instant, through a process, but I feel like it's not outside of his realm. 